Welcome to Adulting 101, a weekly workshop-style podcast bringing you motivation, guidance, and step-by-step instructions on how to navigate the world of adulthood. You're listening to the April 2020 edition of the Millennial of the Month. Look, I get it. A real-life millennial myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the decisions of adulthood with no clear sense of what the results may be. I'm Danielle, your host, a mindset coach, yoga instructor, and small business owner here to share my struggles along this journey, providing you with the tools and confidence you need to start living your best life. So without further ado, let's hop into the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Really excited to have you here this week. I am bringing you the interview series that I typically do as the last episode of the month a week early because if you are a long-term listener, you may or may not know that the last weekend in April is my birthday, but it's also the anniversary of this podcast. So I started this podcast on my 25th birthday back in 2017. And so... This year, we are celebrating three years with Adulting 101, which is so, so crazy and so exciting. And I wanted to reserve the last Monday of April to pay tribute to that. So I'm going to be coming on next week to chat with you about the three lessons I've learned doing this podcast for three years. And it's not just pertinent to those of you who maybe want to start a podcast or have a podcast. It's really just like three life lessons that I have learned in the past three years through the process of hosting and creating and learning to follow my dreams, if you want to say it that way. But I'm really excited to bring you that. So stay tuned for that. This week's episode is also amazing. But before we get into the interview, I do just want to mention something that I am super excited to be offering to you. And that is my online virtual yoga studio. So launching May 2nd, I'm going to be doing yoga every day for 30 days and for just $27 a month Canadian. So if you're American, that's less than $20. You can join me in my membership program, the Soul Society for 30 days. I will be going live every single day to bring you a yoga sequence of all sorts. We're going to be mixing it up over the 30 days. So there'll be some longer classes, shorter classes, easier, harder, wherever you're at in your practice, there will be something for you. I promise. And that's less than $1 a class. So you would be crazy not to join. I will link it down in the description of this episode if you are interested, but without further ado, let's start talking about what we're all here for this week. I had the pleasure of interviewing my friend Morgan Ramo on the podcast, and I'm so excited to be bringing you this interview. She is a 27-year-old fitness studio owner. She owns Vita Fitness located in Bracebridge, Ontario, and she holds many, many credentials as a successful fitness model, a bikini competitor, and a sponsored athlete. And she also has a history of provincial success as a cross-country and track runner. So she's very accomplished in the industry and has successfully worked with hundreds of fitness clients. And I think that her passion to really help her clients pursue and achieve their goals is evident in the work that she produces. So I'm really excited to be bringing this interview to you. Morgan shares a lot of really great stories of her experience, gets a little bit vulnerable at times. And I think that the lessons that she shares with you are going to be pivotal in helping you to really make some perhaps difficult decisions as the 
trajectory of your life continues, I'm sure. Her story is definitely relevant to the experiences I have had, as I'm sure you will find the same. And I am just so excited to share it with you. So without further ado, let's hop right into the episode. Hi, Morgan. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, it's so exciting. Um, For those of you, I didn't mention this in the intro, but Morgan's actually local to where I am. So that's really exciting. Most of the people I bring onto the podcast are friends I've made through the internet. So it's nice to have someone who, I guess we met online as well, but you're still relatively close to where I am geographically. So that's nice. Yes. So Morgan, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely. Um, So I am 27 years old. I am the owner of Vita Fitness Studio, which we opened uh, in September 2018. And I am from Toronto. I moved to Bracebridge about five years ago. And I met my fiance, uh, who is from Bracebridge area. Uh, We were long distance. And I met him when I was in school, which I can touch on a little bit as we go through. Um, So we opened the studio together in September 2018. And we offer personal training, small group training, supplements. And we do a lot of stuff for the community too. We also do have two Dash and children, as I call them, uh, Benny and Bella. They're our pride and joy. On top of the studio, we also do have an Airbnb, which we uh, rent out in the summer and winter. And we also do have some real estate investments. And my fiance owns a property maintenance company and management business. So we're pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you have your hand in many different honey pots. So I love that. Yes. So much. I myself am also very what I coin as like the multi passionate millennial. So I try to diversify how I spend my time. So I definitely respect that in you. And I think that it's incredible that you can find all the time to do that when you're running your own business. I want to talk a little bit about your fitness studio specifically just for now. Um, And I'm curious to know how you sort of got started in that and what that journey looked like. For sure. So pretty much it all rooted back um, to me. You know, I've always had a love for helping people and I had an athletic background growing up. Um, In high school, I ran competitive track and cross country. And then I did do two years of RC running at Laurentian. And I was always interested in health sciences, but I did not know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to touch into kinesiology, if I wanted to be a physiotherapist, nutritionist, and personal training really wasn't a thought I had, you know, a couple years ago. Um, And also just my high school grades weren't very high, which, you know, made me a little bit sad. They were around the mid low seventies and I just couldn't grasp school like my other friends. And it was typical to go to university after high school. And I knew that I didn't have the marks to get into university. I did suffer from a learning disability, so it was harder for me to grasp concepts, which made it tough in school. But I said, you know what, let's apply to some schools, see where I can get to. And I did apply to three. I did Humber, George Brown, and Laurentian. I did get accepted into all three. And Laurentian was biomedical sciences, which I said, okay, I can, you know, maybe see if I want to go in the medical field that way. And then Humber was actually for fitness and health promotion. And George Brown was very similar, fitness and health management. And the one unfortunate thing was at my school, it was deemed, which sounds terrible as lower education if you went to college. So I kind of took that out 
And I said, let's go to university and see how that goes. I did not like my program. (laughs) It was just, it was too much textbook. And I feel like I just wasn't grasping the concepts just like in high school. And I was unfocused. I had no idea what I wanted to do. It was biomedical sciences. So it was very general science. Um, I did though enjoy all the people I met in school, my varsity running program, which I learned so much from my coaches in university and high school, just the whole psychology of coaching, also touching into, you know, what kind of workouts they were creating, which I was very interested in, but I didn't see that as a career path. I took a step back and I said, okay, maybe university isn't the right choice for me. Let's take a break, figure out what I want to do. So after the two years at Laurentian, I did move back with my parents in Toronto. I worked part-time at a shoe store, New Balance, shout out. Uh, But I did have OSAP debt. So I was pretty bummed out that I had so much debt. I had to pay off school. But I kept working, was thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to do here? I was dating Mark, who's my fiance now. We were long distance. He was living in Bracebridge. And I asked him, I said, do you think I should go back to school? I was just confused. So I did do some research. I said, hey, why don't I give this Humber College or George Brown College a shot? What is there to lose? So I reapplied back to college. It was the fitness and health promotion program, which I originally applied to in high school. I did get accepted and I said, okay, let's, let's do this. I went to Humber for the two-year program. It was the best decision I ever made. It was so much better than university and everything was hands-on. I did get over an 80% average in my two years, which I never thought would be possible. In high school, everything was mid-low 70s. University was low 70s and going into college I wasn't even really trying, but I was maintaining a high average. Um, And I met so many great people. I still talk to all my professors and my student friends at college. And I said, okay, this is definitely the field I want to get into. So fitness and health promotion essentially is going into personal training. In school, you get your um, CanFit Pro, your fitness instructor. So it, it preps you for that kind of work. Um, And after school, they tie you into an internship, which I worked at a gym in Toronto for a couple months. I loved it. It was something that just fit for me. And I didn't really have any desire to open a studio at that point. I wanted to work, see how I liked it. Then how I made the transition into Bracebridge was we, you know, I was with my fiance for quite a while. We were long distance. And he said, Hey, why don't you come move to Bracebridge? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have a great job at a studio in Toronto. I have to make the move to Muskoka, which I had a little bit of a taste of it dating him because I would go back and forth. But I'm thinking, what kind of jobs are there <laughs> in the Bracebridge area? So you know what I said? Okay, let's let's do it. I I love him so much that I did move to Muskoka. And I'm so glad I did. <laughs> but I had no job again. I was applying to some gyms and studios. I wasn't really finding anything. And I was stuck again. You know, my gosh, I guess I'll be just uh, doing some waitressing and <laughs> part-time work on the side. And another person I met in Bracebridge said, oh, um, personal support work is, you know, in high demand in Bracebridge. So believe it or not, I did the PSW program for a semester. At Georgian? At, uh, at Georgian, yeah, at Georgian College, and 
I said, okay, maybe this will be something I want to do. I did one semester. I did not like it at all. (laughs) And, but I did meet people. So I love to make connections with people. And I met one of my professors uh, who I still talk to this day. She had a connection for me to work at a studio in Bracebridge and I ended up doing that. So I did work at a studio in Bracebridge for three and a half years and it was great. Um, the same kind of ideas when I worked in Toronto, I was working great hours. I was doing fitness training, personal training. And during all that, my fiance was frustrated. He worked for his family, but he wanted to also get into his own business. So this is how everything sort of started with our entrepreneurial um, side, I guess you would call it. So he decided to, he was just frustrated. He's like, you know what? I'm done flipping burgers at a restaurant. (laughs) And he ordered 30 books on Amazon. He brought them home and he said, okay, let's just read these books. And they were from marketing to starting a business to just everything to do with starting a business essentially. Uh, And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have such a, you know, cushy job as a trainer at a studio. Why do I want to, you know, venture off? But you know what? I said, okay, let's read these books, see what it's all about. And that was definitely the catalyst for our growth. So my fiance went from, you know, flipping burgers for his family to opening up a lawn care business and then uh, getting into real estate after that. Um, And then I had the passion. I said, okay, I think I could actually start an in-home business. So we both decided to venture off from working from someone to going our own ways. So I started doing actually in-home training for my clients. My business was called Vita Fitness Training. So the training was at the end, not just Vita Fitness. And I just did in-home training for people. I would go to their houses with my, you know, two little dumbbells and my medicine ball, go in their house and just do training with them. I did that as my part-time gig on top of working at the studio and I kept it on the down low and that went really well. And Mark was doing his lawn care and also getting into some more real estate deals and things were great. We both, you know, always joked, joked and said, Oh, why don't we open a studio? How funny would that be? But then I was also looking at the the risk it would be. What if we failed? What if we didn't have enough money? So we just brushed it off for a couple of years, but you know what? We kept thinking about it. We joked about it. And then we would talk about it again and say, okay, maybe we can do this. You've built quite a clientele and, you know, things are going great in your training. Why don't we just open a studio? So I'll never forget. We were driving back from Midland. We were in the car and we decided, let's do this. Let's open a studio. And this was November, 2017. And we were looking at some real estate on the main street, anything for rent, anything coming available. And there was something available and it was January, 2018. So we said, okay, let's acquire this building. And we did. So we, we took the risk and we started renovating from January, 2018 to our opening day, September, 2018. And we did everything ourselves. essentially. We, Mark is a very handy guy. So he would build the walls of the studio. We did all the design work ourselves. We got some, our, you know, local friends to help us with uh, air conditioning. Uh, we had to pour concrete on the, um, 
the low levels of the studio because it used to be Campbell's, which was a little bit, there was some slopes in the studio, but that's pretty much how it happened. So it went from me working in Toronto to going to school, not knowing what I wanted to do. And then we opened a studio just from reading books. And it was as simple as that. <laughs> that is quite the story. I always joke too. I think it's funny you mentioned the books that anyone can start a business if they have access to Google. Anytime I don't know how to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of want to take it back a little bit and just have you speak a little bit more about, there was two key points that sort of stood out to me. One of them being your decision to drop out of school and then move back in with your parents in terms mm -hmm. of making that decision to do that. Because I feel like a lot of times we sort of pursue things or stay with things because we feel this sort of social obligation to maintain a particular image or like do what is quote unquote the right thing to do. I would love it if you could speak a little bit about making that decision to honor where you were at in that time, knowing and trusting that university maybe wasn't for you and deciding to leave. Because I imagine that that in that moment wasn't exactly an easy decision to follow through with. Would you agree? It was very scary, but I was so unhappy with my school that I just, I had to. It, I, as much as I loved everyone at my school, university, it was just the right thing to do. I felt some cushion because I was living with my parents that, um, you know, I can figure things out living with them and just working, figuring it out. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. So just trusting that you have perhaps overcome challenges in the past. So trusting that you would be capable of figuring out what your next move is, even if you didn't know necessarily at that time what it was going to be. Exactly. Awesome. And then from there, I was thinking with your partner approaching you and just being like, okay, I bought all these books. We're going to start a business. And you're in this position where what you're already doing is already working. So now you have to sort of consider this opportunity. And I know you had said like, my life is good. Like, what about the risk? What mm -hmm. sort of process did you go through to sort of overcome that in order to finally be like, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. I would say because I started as a you know, in-home trainer, I started small and then I said, okay, if I just start small and just keep growing, seeing how that works and then kind of going from there, it's so hard to leave such a cushiony job. But if you're truly passionate about what you want to do, and I guess I would say because the books inspired me uh, to open a studio, I was so passionate about fitness that those two together just made sense. So definitely, you know, the books, talking with uh, Mark, my fiance, and, you know, starting small as an online or not online, um, in-home fitness trainer, and that worked out, then we moved to the next step. Yeah. So it's sort of this process of like building your confidence to know that you can go ahead and do whatever it is that you've decided, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like oftentimes people see other people who are successful and they sort of tell themselves these stories of like, oh, it's so easy for them or, oh, that was like an easy decision for that person to make, but I could never do those things. And so I kind of just want to demonstrate through your story to the audience that it's not always just a, oh, I woke up one day and decided I was going to open a fitness studio. Like it came with 
the back work of doing that personal development, reading those books, and then finally and ultimately just deciding that this was something you were going to pursue. And if you failed, then at least you'd have that in your back pocket of activities you can add to the list of things you've done. But I think that in order to build that trust, we do have to do that inner work of learning all the things that it's going to take for us to be successful rather than just sort of blindly jumping in to ideas. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just making sure that you're also prepared financially. We call it, we're just hustlers. Like we would work so much. I did waitressing on top of actually personal training when we were about to open the studio, just to make sure I had enough funds to run the business. So I did what I could. People thought I was crazy because I kept it a secret. I said, uh, they're like, Morgan, why are you working so much? What's going on? And I just said, I like to work. (laughs) So I didn't, I, I didn't tell them that I was opening a studio and I just kept working because I knew it would pay off in the end, which it did. So just making sure that you have a little bit of cushion financially um, and trying not to rush things, just go with the flow, keep working get your money in check and then go for it after. And then, like I said before, um, just starting small, see if it works, build your confidence and then taking the next step after that. I appreciate that a lot as well. I feel like you and I have fairly similar stories in that sense as like, I also started doing private one-on-one yoga practice with people in their houses while I was working as a waitress after I had already left my nine to five job just to sort of have that cushion of like, at least I know I'm financially sound and I'm not going to be like going to clients' houses starving because I can't afford to pay for food because I decided to just make this reckless decision to open my own business. But that's right. <laughs> it, it does come down to not only having the mindset of like, okay, I can do this, but also having the plan of like, this is how I'm going to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. So Right now, while we're recording this, we're sort of in the midst of this whole COVID-19 chaos, for lack of a better term. I'm curious to know how this situation and the way it's playing out has sort of affected your main focus in terms of your business and how you're sort of pivoting in this weird time that we're living in. Definitely going more online, which wasn't my plan, but... It's something I'm learning and it's actually, it's, it's good because I'm getting into things that I wouldn't think I'd be getting into right away. I always said, I always have lists and I say, okay, um, you know, I could start a YouTube channel or, you know, do Facebook live videos. And I just have that on the back burner. But now that this COVID-19 has come up, I've started to actually now dive into the more online stream. So doing Facebook live videos for my clients um, and then also just focusing on more on social media and connecting with them online. So it's definitely interesting. It's pivoting um, in our plans for April, but that's okay. Just always staying positive and connecting with your clients and connecting with people online is, I think, the best way to make everything and just staying positive. (laughs) It's the best way. Just hanging in there. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that this whole situation has really demonstrated the resilience of pretty much everyone. I I was actually on a call with a client this morning and she made the note of like, it's like we're all on this ship and the ship is sinking, but it's sinking for different reasons for every single person. So those of us in business, it might be sinking because our income is being impacted. Whereas like 
other people it's sinking because they can't connect with relatives that they need to get in touch with. And it's just, it was a very interesting analogy I thought. And I was like, that is literally how I'm feeling right now. Like totally. (laughs) Yeah. That's very, very relatable. I think that the whole situation though has also demonstrated the resilience of people in terms of overcoming challenges. Like you, you, for example, pivoting to the online space. I, I was already online, but I've definitely sort of broadened my horizons in terms of how I'm showing up online during this time. So it's just been very, very interesting to navigate. And now I know before we hopped on here to record, you and I had this discussion about how you were a little bit timid in terms of approaching Facebook Live and sharing live videos with your clients. So I would love it if you could speak to a little bit about how you overcame those feelings of being fearful or afraid to show up live online and share the work that you do with people in a different format. Just because I think people think of fitness instructors as like having confidence and always like not caring just because you do run classes and you instruct people one-on-one in real life. So it's kind of like, well, how is online any different? So I'm interested to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Like you said, I've I've been timid my whole life and even starting in the fitness field, I, I remember teaching a class to five people and I had butterflies the whole time. And this lasted, I think for a couple of years and the more you gain your confidence, you get feedback from people, the better things get. So when I started doing my Facebook live videos, I was getting some feedback saying, man, that was great. And just positive reinforcement really helps. Also practicing, you know, as they say, practice makes perfect. I did um, some, you know, practice runs before I recorded and I just had fun with it. So trying not to be so tense and just pretending like your clients are in front of you because my clients are my best friends and I'm just fortunate enough that they would come on to the live video and do it with me. So that's how I like to think of it. Yeah, I always just like, like, I'll put someone in my mind or if I see them hop on on the live video, I'm like, oh, okay, like Liz is here. That's awesome. Hey, Liz, how's it going? And I'm just pretending that it's like just me and her having a regular day, you know? Totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely just like, I don't know, it's a weird time we're living in and I feel like it's going to get harder before it gets better, but it's also a good learning opportunity, especially for those of us in business to see the importance of like you've been speaking to like being able to pivot and being able to be resourceful in times where things perhaps aren't going the way we expected them to. Totally. It's how you adapt to the situation. Absolutely. And doing your best. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you also have, this is like a little bit of a side note, but you also have a background in um, competing in terms of fitness. Yes. And I'm curious to know if you have any lessons that you learned from that journey that you would be interested in sharing with the audience. Yeah. So every year I always say, okay, what kind of fitness goal do I have? Uh, Whether it's, you know, doing a half marathon, a fitness competition, hiking, you know, the biggest uh, trail in Hawaii, which I did a couple years ago. So I always had some sort of goal. And I wanted to get into fitness competing just to see how I can challenge myself. And it also would benefit for any of my clients that want to get into that field too. 
so the year that we actually did open up Vita Fitness, I decided to do a competition and I wanted to prove to myself, okay, can I do a fitness competition at the same time as opening a business? And that was definitely a huge test for me <laughs> because I had to plan my workouts, my meals, and then also thinking about business. So it was definitely a learning experience. I like to call myself a retired fitness pro because I tried it out and it's not for me, but now I have the experience. If any of my clients do want to do it, I can give them some good feedback. So I like to try things out, see how I like it. And then if I want to keep doing it, awesome. If not, I can help my clients if they want to tackle that journey. That's amazing. I always tell people to treat life like an experiment. So really there's no rules. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I think the, the situation we're living in is a perfect example of that. So it's like, if something is interesting to you, try it. And if people think you're weird for doing it, whatever, it's your life, not theirs. You might as well figure out whether you like it or you hate it and then carry on on to the next thing. Like, I just don't understand when people get stuck in this mentality of like, oh, well, I could never try that because people might think I'm weird or whatever. But it's like, I want to see what's how this is going to feel for me. And so I know that that in terms of the actual preparation and stuff that goes into that is very, very challenging. And so it's almost an experiment in terms of your willpower as well, I'm sure. And I can only imagine the sense of accomplishment you would have felt after going through with that and just being like, hey, I was able to follow this regimen of diet and exercise in order to achieve this goal, which in your case was your show, I'm sure. But would you say that you agree with that? Absolutely. It was the ultimate test for myself. And I said, if I can do this, I can take on some, you know, pretty big things just as something as a business owner. So I'm glad that I dived in and just saw what it was like. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to see where we get those lessons from. Because I think that mm -hmm. lessons on like resilience and perseverance often come from the like strangest places that we wouldn't necessarily expect them to. Totally. I 100% agree with that. So before we hop off here, I'm just wondering if you have any other advice you'd like to share with other millennials who are maybe in this position where they have these ideas and these dreams that they kind of want to pursue, but they're feeling a little nervous or a little scared to sort of pull the trigger. I would say, like I said before, um, just start small. You, you don't need a lot of money to do stuff that you like. And like I did, I started as a trainer, um, working in a studio and then I just took a little step into, you know, something different and then it turned into something different. So I just kept making those little steps and seeing what worked for me. And I didn't really require a lot of money to do it. I just kept diving into different things and it turned into opening a business. So just make sure, uh, you know, you are, you have something that you want to do and just start small, prepare, do your research. And then also just taking advice from other people that are in the same field as you. So I talk to a lot of people in the fitness field and also, you know, fellow entrepreneurs that are my age. So millennials getting that advice from them. Yeah. And I think sort of not having set expectations in terms of what you think the outcome is going to be. So 
sort of following what you're interested in without being like, by six months from now, I will be making a million dollars. And I mean, also in terms of being able to welcome different opportunities, because I feel like if we get too fixated on like, I am going to be a fitness instructor, then we're sort of closing ourselves off to other options that might present themselves along the journey. Yeah. Like I, to be honest, I saw myself just working as a nine to five fitness instructor, personal trainer, which isn't really the case because you have to get up early and then you have late clients. But I saw myself as just a regular trainer, not opening a business, but um, that catalyst of, you know, buying books, talking with people, trying new things that turned into being a business owner. Yeah. It's like a snowball effect of you make one small step and it leads to the next, to the next, to the next. For sure. It's a cool journey. (laughs) Exactly. Just seizing opportunities as they go and maintaining an open perspective in terms of what you're going to welcome in, I think is really, really important. Totally. Awesome. So before we hop off, Morgan, I would love if you could just share, I always like to make sure that my guests seem like real people. So when you're not running your business, doing the fitness thing, how do you like to spend your free time? <laughs> um, well, you know what? what? Free time. <laughs> I know what free time. <laughs> We're hustlers. Um, no, we love to, um, you know, go outdoors. Um, I love to run outside, which I did, you know, in my um, earlier days. So I just like to get outside. Um, my fiance is really into music. We have a love for uh, listening and playing music. He does. I just listen. <laughs> um, but yeah, just hanging out. Um, we're, we're pretty normal people. We like to, you know, go out to our Boston pizza every Friday. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, we spend our free time essentially just going, going, going outside and hanging out with friends. So Love it. Is there anything else you want to share before we hop off here? If anyone is interested in any Vita Fitness services, they can contact me. Yeah, awesome. You <laughs> and can watch your live videos. Your, yeah. Share all of your social media channels where people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go on to um, Instagram, we're at Vita Fitness Muskoka. And then on our Facebook page, it's just um, facebook.com slash Vita Fitness Muskoka. So that's V-I-T-A, and I will link that all in the description of this episode. So if you do want to go find Morgan, you can just scroll down there and click on those links. Okay, thank you so much, Morgan, for coming on here to chat with me today. I appreciate you taking the time to come and have this conversation. It was a really good time, and I'm so honored to be on here. Thank you, Danielle. Awesome. We'll talk soon. So that's it. That's the interview. I hope that you got some key takeaways from this conversation. I know that I certainly did, and I cannot wait to touch base with you again next week here on the podcast. Until then, make sure you go connect with Morgan on Instagram, Facebook, and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. If you enjoyed this episode, please hop on iTunes, leave me a rating or review, or share this link with a friend that you think could benefit from my content. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram. That's at Lifestyle by Design Studio. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lifestyle by Design Studio. Or you can connect to my personal channels on Twitter and Snapchat. That's at Danielle Ryan, Danielle two A's. I look forward to chatting with all of you and I'll talk to you again next week. Take care.